Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. And welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Garen Randezzo. Here's a cheer from my heart. And the amazing Chris Randezzo. My ship works better when I kick it. We <laughs> <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. This week we are talking about Cowboy Bebop, season one, episode eighteen. Uh, before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder, as Chris likes to say, for you to get in touch with us at mail at geekate.com. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. It's always nice to get a positive email every once in a while. Please. <laughs> Just, Aside from all those negative ones we get. Shh. Curtain, sir. Just hit us up. Tell us what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Chris. Hey. You are choice this week. It was Cowboy Bebop. And, it was. And you you specifically picked season one, episode 18, Speak Like a Child. Yes, I did. And um, you prefaced it as being your favorite thing out of everything. It is my favorite episode of the show, yes. Okay, you didn't say of the show. You said of everything. <laughs> it is one of my favorite episodes of, of TV, yes. Okay, all right. Um. After I watched it, I, I, I immediately sent you a text message. I, yes, you did. I felt like I missed something. You did. Like and emotion. This is, <laughs> this is my bad. Um, what I, when I, I haven't watched this show in years. And this episode, um, I didn't realize until watching it last night with Karen that this episode is like, probably the worst possible episode <laughs> to be someone's first episode because it is completely and totally atypical for the show and it's phenomenal but only if you know like what these characters are and what the show is about and what they do what's so great about this episode is it's essentially every it's essentially like everything i love about a filler episode like okay it's such a break from what they usually do. There's in every episode. There's some sort of, you know, big action sequence, or um, you know, them being bounty hunters. Because that's the thing you don't know anything about these characters. And what's great about this episode is seeing these characters out of their element, doing something that's just kind of completely bizarre and just out of obsession. Of I want to know what's on this videotape. And you don't really get how interesting that is to watch. And I guess how amusing it is to me if you don't know about these characters. And, and particularly how interesting that point with Faye is at the end. Like The cheer <sighs> right. thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> that when the show starts, it's just Spike and Jet. And they're 
to bounty hunters. Okay. And you don't know a ton about their past, but you just kind of get the, the basics of the kind of characters they are. Spike's really into martial arts, uh, and Jet is just kind of an old gearhead. He owns the the big ship, which is called the Bebop, and they have their own little ships, and they go out on missions and be bounty hunters. And that's the show. They're, you know, kind of just outlaws and being bounty hunters, and that's that. Okay. Um, Faye, uh, they they meet the dog Ein. Actually, I think is the first oh. tertiary character they meet is uh, the the Welsh corgi Ein, um, okay. who is he's a genius dog. Wow. <laughs> okay. He can answer the phone. That's the that's the uh, that's the thing. He can answer the phone. He's like he's a dog, but he was tested on, and he has like. Low level super intelligence for a dog. It's really weird, but it's kind of funny. Okay. Because like he doesn't talk or anything like that. He's just like you know he can open a door and like he has a bit of deductive reasoning. But he's a Welsh corgi and it's adorable. Okay. <laughs> that was the episode I should have started you with. Was the episode where they where they get Ein. I always call it Data Dog. That's what they call them. That's hysterical. Um, then they meet Faye. And Faye's deal is that she's actually from... She was cryogenically frozen for a long time. You see... Like a long, long that, time. That bit of information... <laughs> makes all the difference. That little, little tidbit makes it... Because the show is set in 2070-something. Yeah. And... She was cryogenically frozen from, like, you know, the year, like... 2010 or something like no, she was cryogenically that. frozen for a long old. time <laughs> she was cryogenically frozen for a very very long time and she doesn't have any memory when she woke up but when she woke up it was like well you've been asleep for a long time so you owe us like 300 years of medical bills which is why she's like uh, okay. obsessed with gambling and trying to get quick money because there's always debt collectors after her gotcha. and like threatening to send her to jail because she owes a ton of money. Nice. Okay. Um, and she falls in with the, the Bebop crew. And Ed's probably the hardest character to explain. <laughs> okay. Because Ed's a boy or a girl? Ed's a girl. Okay, because her name is Edward. Her, her name is like 13 names long. Edward Wong, and she goes how by Ed. Be <laughs> Tiruski the fourth. Con something Contessa the fourth, yes. <laughs> and that's actually a bit of a joke in the show as they trying to figure out what gender she is. Okay. But uh when when they they're introduced to her character, uh, she's just kind of defies description, but she makes a lot of sense within the context of the show had you watched it before she was just kind of there. She's also she's like a super hacker. She's there. She's computer weird. whiz. She's incredibly weird. weird. Like, barely like scratched the surface. Typing in this with her feet, weird. Uh huh. That was yeah. weird. She is exceptionally strange. Okay. So, not having really gained any connection to these characters, I can see how this episode was really boring. <laughs> well, okay, it's not even connection. Like, I get you, you. Like, there may be an emotional tie for you because, like, you have watched eight, you know, seventeen other episodes with these characters. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know, like, at the end, the big reveal meant mm -hmm. absolutely fucking nothing to me because I didn't know that she was cryogenically <laughs> frozen. 
because the <laughs> yes, show yeah. takes place in, like I said, 2071, and they're trying to find out what's on a Betamax. And Betamax is like <laughs> 78 to 83. <laughs> well, that's the thing. When they went back to find the Betamax, they found it in like a, a video museum kind of thing. Right, but I, like I, it wasn't just on a store shelf. So I think I God, I wish I I could remember like when everything like went bad on Earth, but it was it didn't. But nobody look at, looked at the tape yeah, and went, soon. oh, my God, that's Faye. Like, <laughs> had they said that, I went, okay, maybe. But no. I, I think that was the thing is that they – well, that was kind of the, the thing. I think they didn't realize it was her until that moment. And I liked the fact that – no, that's something that this show does that I like is that they rarely just explicitly say things. Like, they let you kind of figure out what's happening based on the character's reactions. Mm -hmm. And – Again, you probably would have picked up on that being interesting had you seen the rest of the well, show. Well, honestly, up until the point in time you just told me that she was cryogenically frozen, I thought it was like a grandchild. Ah, uh, yes. Like, it was someone from her past, yes, but not specifically her. Yeah. Right, because she never actually said, like, oh, hi, it's me, Faye. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. And I and I liked that the show didn't didn't do that didn't say yeah her name. I think that was a good yeah. choice too yes for but you <laughs> yes coming from an outsider perspective that yeah. explains the disconnect but I mean and and as much as I enjoy that bit at the end like that's really the only forward momentum for the show and there's the things I like so much about this is like I said they're always going on like crazy adventures chasing after you know these you know, bounties and whatnot, because that's the thing, like, I almost feel like a lot of science fiction, you hear them talk about being bounty hunters, and it kind of gives way to other things, like, this show's very much into the bounty hunting thing, like, they're always chasing after some sort of bounty to get money, mm -hmm. and um, it's, like, it's very action-packed, it's extremely well choreographed, it's one of the things that's made this show so, so spectacular, and, and, and have the following that it does, and then to see an episode that's just completely, they have nothing going on, and like you know, Jet telling this weird story of the Tama de Bajo, Baco or whatever he pronounces mm -hmm. it to Ed, and like them fishing and Faye running away and <laughs> betting on horses and dogs. It was it's such an it's such an interesting turn for the a little break in the action of the way the show works, and also I. I I just love the whole beta cassette thing. You know, the 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 thing where they go into that shop and that guy is like watching this He's watching 90210. <laughs> He's watching 90210. <laughs> and the voice acting on that is just so wonderful. <laughs> that I really enjoyed that little bit where I was like, "Oh my god." He's like, they're not saying it outright, but he's talking to his twin sister about how they just moved from Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's the setup for 90210. I absolutely love that bit. And I just the, the way they react to it, like, they don't know what the tape is. And, you know, Spike is like pulling the ribbon out and whatnot. And, and uh, <laughs> just when he kicks that, kicks the thing, and the guy's reaction is like, <laughs> <laughs> You're, it's not getting any better. It's not. <laughs> the oh. The cast of characters was interesting. Um, this is the first episode I've seen. Like I had, I have no basis for this show whatsoever. Um, 
But like I, I when I watch anime, I, I I don't know. I guess I guess I worry that sometimes it gets a little too anime y for me. Mm-hmm. Like what was what's that other one that you made us watch? A oh, fully coolie. Fully coolie. Way the too complete opposite side of the spectrum. Way too anime y for me. This was mm-hmm. this is uh, well animated. Every once in a while, that like, I, like the anime reaction where mm-hmm. all the art goes sideways, their faces get super large, their eyes get big. There's usually some sort of star around mm-hmm. there. Like that happened once or twice. Yeah, there's very rarely speed lines and stuff like that. You know, it's and it's very essentially grounded for lack yeah, of a better kinda term. Yeah, it's kind of naturalistic art style. Yeah, yeah. it's it's actually like very nice. It's very well done. Um, I, I just wish I wish I was tied to the story just a little bit more because like I'm I'm gonna choose another episode of this for you guys to watch well, soon. I promise. <laughs> I am gonna, end and it. I do genuinely recommend you watch this show because I think you will enjoy it. Well, conveniently enough, our friend Mr. Matt Much lent it to me on the Blu-rays, so mm-hmm. I have the whole thing now, and I will watch it. I did not want to watch any more of it so that we can have like my first reaction conversation. Like, yeah, and I'm really now I'm really interested for you to go back to this when to get to this episode if you watch through the series mm-hmm. just to see if it affects you the same way it affected me just because like I've said it before about Dragon Ball. I I really love it when they give you those kind of slice of life episodes where it's just kind of pulling back from everything and seeing what it's like for these characters to just interact with regular life. Right. And um and I obviously I, I mean I can't talk about this episode without talking about the music. The um uh, the, the the music is actually really like even from open from the get. The music in oh, the yeah, show the is ridiculous. Show's theme song is phenomenal. Tank is such a great song. And um the song that plays while they're, you know, I love that whole scene where they're just digging through that old like the mo- building, the, 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 the uh, travel montage as they're going into yeah. the, the museum. Like if you're sliding down the stair, the the banisters and stuff. Just seeing, it's so well drawn and so interesting looking. This old museum type place that's all overrun because you know the earth isn't really inhabitable anymore, and um, the music that plays during that that uh, that really really catchy whistle song with the really cool drums uh, is called the egg and eye okay. and uh, it's it's such a, it's such a good song uh the, the the soundtrack of this show was done by a band called the seatbelts they're just this awesome big band oh single um, band does yeah it's a single them. band that does the majority of the soundtrack um and the music was written by a woman named yoko kano if i'm if i'm remembering correctly okay feel free to to you know check me on that but i'm pretty sure that's the case uh, and just just fantastic. And these this team, you know, this creative team with the music and everything has re, um, reunited uh, to do at least two other shows. I've only watched one of them, Samurai Champloo, and the other one was called Space Dandy. Uh, Samurai Champloo is really cool. Space Dandy is a comedy, which is uh, really funny. It's it's kind of like Cowboy Bebop, but mm-hmm. really played for comedy. Um, it's it's intensely bizarre. I haven't watched a lot of it, but this show is pretty legendary as far as anime is concerned, and I I honestly believe that it it kind of transcends the medium a bit because it's it's 
it doesn't stick with a lot of anime tropes. There are definitely pieces of it that are that, but so much of it is kind of elevated beyond that. Um, I, I feel like it's earned its reputation. And with the announcement that they're, someone's attempting to make this into live action. Yeah, um, that's, that's going to be interesting. It is. I, I think they're going to need to change it pretty considerably, and I hope that the fan base is okay with that. <laughs> they won't be. Well, why do, you, why do you feel that they have to change it considerably? It's a team, bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going, you know, way outside. The, the, the basic premise, I, I think, holds up, but there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's some sword fighting, you know, well, they can't, uh, yeah, I don't want to right. really ruin much of anything, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like definitely the look of things. I mean, first off, how, how the hell do you do Ed in live action? <laughs> that character needs to be somehow changed where she's not constantly walking on her hands or whatever. Well, that would be pretty um, cool to see, though. <laughs> would be impressive. <laughs> they get a, if they hire a kid that could do that. Uh, movie magic, sir. Movie magic. Movie magic, indeed. I uh, I don't know. I I it, watching this really just made me want to watch the rest of it. But I had never noticed before watching it that like this was not a good episode to start you on because the only reason this episode works as well as it does is because it's so different. And if you don't notice the difference because you have no frame of reference, it's just kind of a weird piece of television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, when when I started watching it, I you know you had set a very high bar. And, you know, I, I hold your opinion with great regard. And I was like, I, 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 I felt like I missed something. <laughs> like, I, 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 And you did. I, I, I felt like I watched the wrong episode. <laughs> well, technically you did. <laughs> yeah, technically you did. This, this, this was my bad. I apologize. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's many of our viewers that are going to be watching this for the first time. But if I did... If I did do that and you'd never seen the show and you're watching along just to watch with us, I heartily apologize. Please <laughs> go back and... Because, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like you're looking at this and saying, this was a piece of garbage. Oh, no. Absolutely <laughs> it's, not. It, you just... You don't feel... You feel <laughs> I have no feels. <laughs> like that. I expected yeah. feels. I have no feels. <laughs> but it has such... You know, it has such a cult following, and it, it I mean, mm-hmm. it's unbelievably praised. Like, there's got to be something in there. And what? how many episodes is it? 20-something? Like, Yeah, yeah. 26, 24, I don't remember. So that's not a huge oh. amount of time for something that is praised as this show is. Well, and, and unlike Firefly, this, this is a story beginning, oh. middle, and end. Like, so it didn't the, like get canceled or anything. It resolves at the end of the last episode. And is it a well? Is it a monster of the week type of like it? There, the the each episode is its own hunt type of thing. More or less, okay. there is kind of an overarching thing, but it doesn't like it. They don't hit it in every episode. Like every couple of episodes, you'll hear something about a character, and when the primary antagonist, let's call him, is inter- introduced you know exactly, you know how important it is by the way the character is discussed and other characters' reactions to him. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's very cool. It gives you just enough backstory. 
it never goes all the way into everyone's backstory. It it just never gives you the entire picture, mm-hmm. but it always gives you enough to understand their motivations and to tell the story that they're telling. Okay. And it's one of those things that American TV rarely does that TV oh. and the rest of the world does where they had a story to tell and they didn't stretch it for 19 seasons because it was popular. They just told the story they were out to tell and they let it end. Yeah. Faded away as opposed to crashing and burning. I like that idea. That's that's a good idea. It is. All right. Well, I uh, I'll give it a shot. I will run through the episodes. I will let you if know. If you're gonna if you're gonna blow through it, I will say that the first episode, the pilot episode, has one or two moments that are like kind of anime and not like the big exaggerated goofy eyes, but like just kind of over dramatic for no good reason. <laughs> But, I mean, it's the first episode. Right. And uh, as second episode onward is, I, I would say, consistently solid. Okay. There, I can't think of any episodes that are just a complete waste of time. All right. And even the first episode's got a lot of great stuff. But just if now you encounter the, the moments, just bear with them because they pretty much go away. Is the crew together by the end of the first episode or is it? No. Okay. No. Um. I don't even think you meet Ed until, like, maybe five or six episodes in. Okay. And Faye doesn't actually join up with the crew when you first meet her, either. When's the dog show up? I think the dog's episode, too. Okay. Well, that's what's important. That dog is Because Ayn's the best. <laughs> there's, there's a point where Spike says to... I think it's Spike says to Jet, there, there, there are three things that I hate. Women, dogs, and children. <laughs> and how am I on a ship with all three? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll let you know, Chris. Best of luck. <laughs> all right. Uh, Karen, I didn't really get any of your thoughts yeah. on it. I, well, we watched this a long time ago together. We did. Yeah. Was, which was my first time. Um, and uh, I don't remember any of it really um i mean i've like general overarching sense of the show um it was was nice to revisit again but i do think more context would have made it more made it have greater impact Mm -hmm. but it was not an unpleasant revisit i was sort of like oh yeah the show was good maybe i should watch this at some point so my dad dug this show oh. and that was that's like my dad is not even remotely into anime but my dad actually watched this whole series and uh he you know he's not really into animation that's not comedy and I said this this show is kind of up your alley and if you can get past the weird culture shock I think you'll really dig it and he did and uh that that's kind of one of the highest pieces of praise I can give to it is it definitely transcended uh transcended mediums into uh making my dad like it nice nice as okay when did you realize that this was not the correct episode is it when i contacted you or when you watched no and when, when you contacted me i was just like how did he not like this okay I, I don't understand how he didn't like this and then it was after i watched the episode i think like three quarters of the way through it i'm like because uh, I'm putting it in, I'm putting myself in the position of never having seen anything before this, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at all these things that I love that these characters are doing, and 
just looking at it critically, like, there's no way he got anything out of this. Evan's like, not there's, getting that. There's just no way, yeah. Evan didn't get that. <laughs> Evan's not amused that Jet is obsessed with going on a literal life-or-death mission to find out what's on this VHS tape that he had to pay COD charges for. <laughs> yeah, not it. Because that's kind of the other piece of this, is they're really poor. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. They, I thought they she are was not... really poor and that everybody else was okay. <laughs> no, they're he not said an exorbitant number and then some weird word after it for their like monetary unit. Oh, uh, wool- Wulongs. Uh, I, think that's, I think it's sort of like yen. Okay. But it was so like, like 36,000 or ridiculous yet uh, oolongs. Like, yeah. I immediately equated that to dollars and then went, wow, that's a really expensive COD. Yeah, no, I think it's supposed to be more equated to yen, where it's like 16,000 yen is uh. 20 bucks or something. <laughs> all right, all right. <sighs> I wanted to like it. I really did. I'll give it another shot. I'll get some more context yeah. and give it another shot. Def- definitely recommend that. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll talk some news. Stay tuned. The new Netflix original series about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling has finally arrived, and our resident wrestling expert, Dan Ryan, has some words to say about it. Or at least he will when he gets around to talking about the new show. Instead, this week, Dan gives us a crash course on the show's real-life source material. Check out Why I Love Wrestling Glow. The apocalypse can make for some funny storylines, and HBO has a habit of making some really excellent TV. So how is it that a star-studded show about the apocalypse from HBO only lasted one season? The world may never know, but if you want to read all about how a big, how big a tragedy it is that it was canceled, give a read to Before Their Time, The Brink. With E3 having come and gone, the Stone Age Gamer podcast did their usual recap episode. The thing is... Chris wasn't on it. He had so much to say that he did a reaction show to Dan and Tiff's reaction show, and it went, well, it was a pretty long one, but it was entertaining. Give a listen to the Stone Age Gamer podcast, episode 155, A Team of Evil Wedding Planners. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. Chris. Hey! How are you, sir? Oh, I am great. I am excited because we finally made it. We finally oh, made it. Oh, okay, so wait. It is time for the Dragon Ball Super 60-second summary. That's right, okay. it is. Are you... And... <laughs> and... Go. Okay, so we finally made it to the tournament scene. Uh, the, all the, the, the team is together. Everyone's real pissed that Freeze is there. Freeze is being a dick about the whole thing, just as one would expect, because he's eviler than evil. And uh, <laughs> everyone's concerned about teamwork. So Gohan's all like, we got to work together. You can't just go one-on-one. And Vegeta and Goku and Freeze are like, yeah, we're just going to go all out. We're super strong. We can take care of people. And Gohan's like, no, you crazy people. So uh, Whis makes them all hold hands so that they can travel. And they get there, and Beerus is like, he didn't need to hold hands. What was this crap? He's like, it was a team-building ep- exercise. It was hilarious to try to make Vegeta hold hands with Frieza after you know, Frieza murdered him and his entire species. Um, <laughs> so they get there, and they're meeting all these other fighters from all over the different universes. And that's like the coolest thing in the world to watch them all meet one another. And in the next episode, 
episode, the battle actually begins because we've seen it in the preview for the next episode. Punches will be thrown. I am excited. So it didn't happen yet again? Well, I mean, they're there now. Then <laughs> they're like, you know, and and go like seriously. Preview for next episode. There is actual fighting, and it, it, it's happening. But they made it to the actual arena. Ta-da! Thank you, sir. Oh, you're welcome. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. Let's talk some news. Oh. <sighs> Not a not a not, not a super not a, not a super busy week for news, but well, I mean, a comedian died. <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. First news story. Uh, come on, come on. Oh my god, <laughs> how did you not get that? I, how did I not get that? <laughs> wow, I'm like I started scrolling through. I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, boo. Um, <laughs> all right. Apparently, they're making a Watchmen television series. Which I think is a smarter a smarter move than a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not, they should... not that I hated the movie, but uh, the source material. Man, I don't know, man. <laughs> I always think TV makes a better... Um, platform for comic adaptations than movies generally because mm. they can stretch serialized mediums and, and, and breathe also um yeah i mean there's there's like a lot especially like watchmen that was kind of all right so yeah the news T- tell the news story first and then we'll start dissecting it. okay so the news story is um it's a watchman tv series coming to hbo by damon lindelof apparently Zack snyder at one point in time was on board, but is no longer. Uh, he has had some... Who the hell cares? Well, that's a... I mean, look, no offense to Zack Snyder, but I don't want him involved in any more Watchmen TV series. Any more stuff. So, but, I, I mean, it's, that's really that's really it. HBO's doing a Watchmen sh- show. That's... I, I, I guess it's the right place to do it. Yeah, I mean, if it's got to be done. But see, here's the thing. Like, so Watchmen, one of the, the gripes a lot of people had about the movie was that they um, they didn't really, like, there's, the comic is so freaking dense and mm-hmm. complex that they left this entire storytelling device out of the movie. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the source material, and the part that they cut completely cut out of the movie was my least favorite bit. But you don't have to worry about that in a live-action medium. And in fact, I, I almost feel like if done differently than it was in the comic, and I know this is like sacrilege because Watchmen is one of those like high-holy yes. things that you just you can't talk bad about, but I've ne- I'm, I'm not a fan. I've tried to be a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, one more time. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Okay. <laughs> I like fans. I sleep with one next to my bed, but no, I am not a fan. Uh, not that I hated Watchmen. There was just, there was a lot, it didn't like really grab me. And I guess it's because I didn't watch it. I didn't read it, you know, when it happened. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really picking up on it as a thing. 
but it has this whole so there's this this whole bit of Watchmen where it's like you're starting to get in in a bunch of interesting stuff happen, and then it cuts away to this like dude reading a comic book about some dude who's on a boat and I don't know he eats a bunch of people he's or something. Dude. He's a dude. He's he's on a boat. He's doing stuff and 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 shit goes awry. I, I, I'm sure I'm not explaining this very well. Yeah, that was well, horribly but, explained, but okay, continue. <laughs> but that's how it read to me. It'd be like, uh, okay, all right, it's starting to get interesting, and then it's like, this guy, like, I, did, I, I don't know, did he actually eat people, or am I making that up? Like, did he eat his crew because he was all marooned oh. on a island or something? I don't freaking remember. <laughs> but it's supposed to be some kind of big, long, giant parallel to... You know what's happening in the actual comic, in the actual story, and man, I don't know. Watchmen is complex AF, and when they did the movie, it's such a literal interpretation of what was on the page that it didn't. I kind of feel properly. like it didn't translate at all. That was the that was the real problem because he didn't bother trying to translate it to um, the screen. He just did the comic book in live action mm -hmm. and there's the you know mediums are different for a reason you, know, you can't just do exactly what's on the page on the screen all the time because sometimes what works in a comic book doesn't necessarily work in live action kind of like what we were just talking about with cowboy bebop mm -hmm. like there's things in that show that are that work extraordinarily well in the comic book but I don't know, in live action, uh, not in the comic book, in the show, but in live action, I don't know if they're going to work so well. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, Lindelof is responsible for the leftovers, so that was a... And a lot of Lost. Yeah. Which I, I don't think of as a bad thing, so... so and he's apologetic about the parts of Lost that, are, that weren't great. Yes. And I don't hold a lot of that stuff against him either, because, you know, it was writer's strike stuff, and... Mm -hmm. And the network being all like, yo, this show can go on for another six seasons. They're like, cool, we wrote for three. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> well, all right, let's keep an eye out for that. Hopefully it works out because it is, a, in my opinion, it is a great read. It is a, it's one of the you know, top ten comics to read. And I wasn't super disappointed with the movie. I understand the things that they changed and why they changed them or removed them. Um, mm -hmm. but I wasn't super disappointed with the movie, mind mm -hmm. you. I mean, I, I did dig the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people weren't. A lot of people weren't. Yeah, a lot of people weren't. A lot of people weren't. So, well, there was no squid, you know? If, yeah. You have a giant squid in the comic, you don't have a giant squid in the movie. What are you, Spoilers. What are you doing? <laughs> All right. Um... I didn't actually, when I was watch, looking through our news feed, I was in a location that I actually couldn't watch this this next one. It's the trailer for Game of Thrones Season 7. Karen, did you watch it? I did. Is it any good? It's great. Okay. <laughs> Is it any good? Yeah. You, you silly <laughs> bastard. What? Here's what happens with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is on, and it's great, um, and then it's over, and then it goes away for like, Forever, six, seven years, something and, like that. Yeah, <laughs> and so if you're me and your brain doesn't work so good anymore, um, you forget how good it is, and then 
all of a sudden it's a couple weeks before the new season comes out and they drop a trailer and you're like, oh, holy fucking shit, the show's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and this, so the, this trailer kind of melted my brain. I'm real psyched. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's going to be good. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen. Um, which is kind of maybe the <laughs> yeah. dumbest thing I've ever said. A lot of shit happens a I, lot. I mean, I should hope. <laughs> but uh, but I think the stuff that's going to happen is going to be good. I'm going to go out right out on a limb and say that. You, you wild woman, you. I mean, putting your <laughs> reputation. Taking a real chance, aren't you? <laughs> putting your rep on the line like that. Yeah. Uh, suffice it to say, I think we'll be talking about Game of Thrones on this show shortly after. Yes, and I really hope begins. Hunter is going to do a you know, game, game of spoilers because that's always fun. All right. Uh, this Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this next article. I love this story so goddamn much. <laughs> this next news article, and I'm air quoting that, so it's kind of hard for you to see. Um, apparently, Shark Week is coming back. Woohoo! The reason I now know oh, yeah. that Shark Week this. is coming back <laughs> is because apparently during Shark Week, a sh- there's going to be a shark race. Like someone is going to race a shark. And who better to race a shark than 23 time Olympian gold medalist fucking Michael Phelps? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, if I was an Olympic athlete, I would want to race a shark. Why? I would want to know how lose. I stack up. <laughs> Yeah, but by how much? That's the question. I by death. I want to see the logistics of this race. Like, <laughs> that's how also are true. They, yeah. How are they? Are they going to lace and race in two separate lanes of a swimming pool next to each they're other? Ha- that doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, I hope they're racing in two separate bodies of water. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is he trying to get away from the shark? That's that what I want to <laughs> see. <laughs> they give him a head start, and then they sort of like a rodeo kind of thing. They have it the truly sh- is winner take all. <laughs> Uh, and there are so many jump the shark references in this article that I'm refusing uh, to jump to, 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 to say or lead with. But yes, Discovery Channel once again, Shark Week, July 23rd. Huge shout out to my cousin Danielle for uh, alerting me to this valuable news story. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it's valuable. <laughs> there is value here. <laughs> there is value. All right, next up. It, I didn't even. Apparently, they're doing. Netflix is doing another wet, hot American summer, which yeah, which I get. I forgot all about I, this. I totally did as well. Uh, this time, we're gonna post a link for the trailer. Um, what was the original title? The the first. Okay, it was the last one that they did. It was wet, hot American summer, like the first night or something to that effect. First day of camp. First day of camp. Yeah. Okay. So this is now 10 years later. Yes. Because they said at the end, let's... Let's all get back together. And That was at the end of the movie, though. Right. And yeah. that only that's the only logical place for them to go because the show took place before the movie. Well, and the I show the wasn't logic. a logical place to go. <laughs> that was a completely illogical... And the fact that they pulled it off, like... I mean, the comedy of the fact that they were all actually older <laughs> in the past was a, a thing of beauty. <laughs> they uh, they have, a, I mean, they, apparently uh, Garofalo's character is selling the camp. Um, mm. All the people that are apparent look like the bad guys. I mean, 
there's some names in this show, and I'm really, really surprised. I'm really surprised at the at the, at the caliber of actor and actress that are being put on display here. But well, I mean, they were. They, I didn't see anyone really new, right? These these well, all, there are there are a few at yeah, the end. A, f- a few newcomers. Bradley Cooper did not see him on the list, even though it was you know him saying the whole ten years later thing. Right. Oh, that's I didn't true. see him as, in the list of characters, and I also didn't really see him promoting Guardians of the Galaxy two very much. I hope Bradley Cooper's okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Bradley, if you're listening, please contact us. Let Chris know that you're Bradley, okay. Bradley, big big fan of the show. We're big fans of you, buddy. I hope you're doing all right. <laughs> I'm a fan of him in my pants. Oh. <laughs> this show looks really um, fun. Looks like a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it dropped this uh trailer dropped on Chris's birthday and it was like the perfect gift. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. I'm uh, pretty happy that they found a way to make the can of beans f- crawl out of an ocean and scream, I'm alive! <laughs> uh, and it looks like they're bringing back the cast, not only of returning cast of the movie, but anyone who was introduced in the prequel series is coming back for the... Jo- Josh Charles is totally there. Because <laughs> they're all canon now, so... <laughs> There's a wet hot American cannon. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to let that fly on by. Um, so, I, I, we commented on this Rocco previously, right? We we said that they're they're rebooting it. Yeah, there's a couple of uh Nickelodeon movies happening. But apparently for the Rocco one that they're bringing back the voice cast the original voice cast. I, mean, I, I think that I, I think that was pretty much nobody had confirmed that the, that was going to happen before. So, so that, before now, before now, before now, breaking news, rock breaking. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a really good idea because Rocco is a, a very unique voice cast. So to have you know to, to try to fake it with. Soundalikes. I don't know if that would have worked. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't that long ago. No, like that's not like these voice actors are all dead or something. No, so it's it's doable, and they're doing it, and it's a good call. And I'm I'm darn glad they are. Did you guys like Rocco's Modern Life? I don't have like no <laughs> attachment to it. Oh, I thought that's where you were going to end. I have had that. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. I was, a, I was a huge fan of this show, especially the pilot episode. The The first episode of this show, the Laundry Day episode, is still, uh, it, at least, I mean, I haven't watched it in years, but it sticks out in my mind as one of the funniest cartoons I've ever watched. <laughs> Laundry Day is a very dangerous day. <laughs> you know, Spunky is all cute. It's, there's there's a lot to love here. Yeah, it, it's I it, it's it's worth the a movie imagining. So it is, and there's so much there's so much humor in that show that I think is even slightly like really entertainingly relevant these days. Like the way it, the big corporation that owns everything, Conglomo, and their their uh, slogan is "We own you." <laughs> <laughs> like that was funny when I was younger. It's it's still it's funny, now. funny now. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I I like this next one. 
because it's 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 really kind of a duh article. Of course, this, this Dean Kane wants to do or wants to revive Lois and Clark for a fifth season. Sure, he does. Who doesn't want money? I mean, really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what else is he up to? Supergirl. He's Supergirl's dad. Well, yeah, but like, and he's appearing once, at Garden State Comic Fest that's once true. every like thirty-five episodes. Easy he killer. Shows up as, Easy. <laughs> I don't know what nasty thing you're about to say about Dean Kane. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything nasty. I'm saying he's like barely on the show. He's a really important character, but that's what I'm saying. He, he needs he needs things to do. I do think he might be a. I might be a little old for Superman, but uh, well, it's twenty years later. Could, so. Yo, can you imagine a Lois and Clark version of Kingdom Come? Oh, I, we, uh, who, it must have been Jonathan that um, we were talking about in Supergirl due to, and, you know, how the whole Flash Arrow universe jumps from universe to universe. That if they uh-huh. brought Superman and Lois from Smallville into Supergirl as, you know, that classic, you know, the... Old. the, the Old gray hair versions of them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That would just that'd, that'd be pretty. Everybody's head would explode. <laughs> that'd be pretty crazy. So, anywho, um, what network was Lois and Clark on? Was that ABC? ABC. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're pulling that off. Uh, no. I mean, this is like based off an interview that he gave to an Australian news channel, saying, "Yeah, I want to do it." Doesn't mean it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he's got it all um, planned out. <laughs> he's got right. reasons, and I'm all for it. Obviously, <laughs> oh, such a good show. Yeah, here's hoping because <laughs> they're rebooting and redoing everything. So why not Lois and Clark? And that didn't get an ending. No. Um, Terry Hatcher got pregnant, and they couldn't, you know, shoot around it. So. Right. Can I just mention that most of this stuff that they're rebooting and redoing, like, has been pretty freaking good. Like, you I had even... to go and say it out loud. Now everything's going to be terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, it hasn't all necessarily been good, but it's all been, like, pretty, like, like I'm not going to call Fuller House good, but it no. was, you know, relevant to uh, its, its, it did service to its source material. Yes, it did. So and I think that's why I'm I'm no I'm not really all that bothered by the you know constant remakes and whatnot. Less so in you know I guess in in TV I'm cool with it. In the movies it's it's kind of hit or miss still. Not that I have a lot of reverence for Power Rangers, but I heard that wasn't all that great. No. Meh. Meh. Apparently the Dirty Dancing remake was also terrible. Yeah. God, that was that is not a surprise at all. Yeah. No, surprising no one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and speaking of more remakes that may or may not be a good idea. Listen, anything with Kevin Bacon in it is a good idea. <laughs> and yeah. anything, honestly, that brings back Tremors is also ah, a good idea. And that was going to be my second point. Um, is this actually Matt happening? Much is a gigantic fan of Tremors. I just <laughs> learned, I learned that over the weekend. Awesome. As well he should be. It's... An, Excellent film, but I mean, like he knows all of them, like up to five. He, he, oh, we okay. were we were he was talking about it at dinner. I went to dinner with Matt after the last day of uh, too many games, 
and uh, he he mentioned something about Tremors, and he was like, "Oh no, those are the ones from Tremors 4. And then he went through what the what the kind of Tremors were in all the other Tremors movies, like one by one. I was like, "Dude, you you know your Tremors, man. That's it's badass." Uh, if I'm being so bold, that's a bit much. Oh, 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 oh. oh man. Oh, cheesy, crazy. <laughs> that was delightful. So yeah. He's willing to come back and do another Tremors. Now this one is, I think, a little bit more um, solid of a reboot because they're doing a pilot, pilot for, for sci-fi. Yeah, but it's which is perfect. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Like, like that's the I exact place to take it. Wasn't exactly. there already a Tremors TV series? Am I making that up? And it got canceled. Two thousand three. I want no. Was that long ago? Hold on. I think it actually comments in this article. On when that happened. Uh, series broadcast on the sci- Sci-Fi Channel in 2003. Not the Sci-Fi Channel. The, sci-fi. the actual Sci-Fi Channel. No, and it makes sense. Like, there, I don't wow, know. Th- I'm not a tre- huge 2015 fan 2015 was Tremors 5. Jesus. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of sci-fi's original programming for the most part but i think that their flavor of original production plus you know the tremors universe is a recipe for deliciousness <laughs> yes the, sprinkle the a little post bacon Sharknado, on that it's perfect <laughs> the, the post sharknado cfi channel is a uh, ripe for this <laughs> yet again everything seems to be just making sense Okay, this really, this this is TV related. Um, it's not really news, but it is a fantastic watch. It is a video of Rob Paulson, who who is the voice of Yakko, and he sings and many many, many other many characters. many others. Um, but he's live, like you could see him singing. Yakko's world, and then the updated version, like he just changed the ending. And the fact that he still knows that by heart is so awesome. It's, it's so much. It's fun. Just like it, all right. A lot of times when you see a voice actor do their character voice, and it's like them as a human, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, this just seemed to fit. Like, it seemed like it was his real voice. <laughs> um, I didn't get a chance to watch this. Does he, when you say it's updated, did he update it for, like, the new geography of the yes. world? Yeah, like, countries? there's an extra That's verse at the end. awesome, that... because um, I, I've, I've always wanted that, you know, like, they... so much has changed in the last, whatever, 20, you know? It's probably more than 20 years. It's probably more like 30, isn't it? Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, let's say 25. <laughs> let's say 25. He, uh, the sh- that, the song stayed that, the same. It's not accurate anymore, right. you know? Mm. The, sh- the song stayed the same, but then they added a, a, a final verse. Well, that's good. So, and it's that's fun. what we like, need. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's just to see, and very, very impressive. So, check that out. Um, Chris? Hey, you, you posted this one, and I'm not sure why you posted it. Now I have some theories. 
it's either because it's about the Menendez brothers or no, no? okay or it's about no. because it's about Josh Charles no mm, not specifically so it's it's a dick wolf thing i don't know why it's why? because it's law and order <laughs> Yes, Law and Order, True Crime, The Menendez Murders. Mm. And I'm not, I'm like, uh, you don't have to do this. Just bring back Law and Order. You don't have to do this weirdo true crime stuff. I know it's been working out with like the OJ trial and whatnot, and yay for them. But come on, Law and Order. Just, just bring back Original Recipe. Throw us right back into the mix. Give me more Jack McCoy. <laughs> so, yeah. That's happening. And like, uh, so this is cool. Josh Charles, that's that's neat. And I might try to watch this, but you know, I've I've never been as much of a fan of the Law and Order spinoffs as I was with the Mothership. Still you know, like R. SVU is still cooking, which I think is wow. You know, I'm kind of pissed because you know SVU has gone longer than original recipe at this point. Really. I think so. I'm, I could be Original wrong. Original recipe has 20-something seasons, doesn't it? Uh, it was 20 seasons. Oh, okay. Ran for just shy of actually 20 years. And, um, man, it's really weird going back to that first season. It's so, <laughs> so interesting. Uh, the podcast for another podcast. Yes. Um, but, I mean, you know, Criminal Intent was cool for a while. And, and Trial by Jury actually wasn't terrible, but... And then they did uh, something like the real-life Law & Order once, and uh, I didn't really care for that. And this one seems to be, you know, it's always been ripped from the headlines to an extent, but the fact that they're doing this, it's like, at least it's nice to know that they're trying to keep that brand alive, but let's just let's just put Law & Order back on. You can do it, guys. What else you got cooking, NBC? Come on. All right. Real. So hold on a second. Does that mean that this summer... The two projects featuring Josh Charles are the <laughs> Menendez Murders and Wet Hot American Summer. Yep. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, it. That's exactly what it means. All right. So check that out. Um, they're starting principal photography, or they started principal <sighs> photography on Monday. So keep an eye out for when that shows up on uh, the little screen. <sighs> now, finally. I didn't know, like I, I've probably said it before, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan, um, nor am I the biggest Star Wars fan. I didn't know that there were rules for the show. That that G I, I didn't really know this was a rule either. I mean, once I read I've it, tried to think about it, like, I swear some people have argued on Star Trek before. Come on now. Uh, apparently, that wasn't supposed to be a thing. That they, it, it, the, the story was to, to be the stories were supposed to be about the crew versus the others, whether it be the elements, the world, the planet, the people, just not the crew themselves. Apparently, yeah, the story isn't supposed to be about the crew overcoming their differences. It's like right. with one another, right? But apparently, this new. <clears throat> version of Star Trek said, ah, fuck that. Let's bring some drama onto the ship. And that's what they're going to do. So, I guess that gives them a whole new avenue for story arcs. I, yeah, I guess. Listen, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan either, other than the movies, mm -hmm. but dude, 
if you have a cardinal rule in your show Bible of like, here's a philosophy of our show, and this show is like 50 years old or something like that, and you're just going to break it for what you think will bring you viewers? Like, I, I think this is a terrible idea. This really grosses me out. Yeah, I don't feel great about it. I mean, like, I get Gene Roddenberry can't exactly argue because he's dead, but Ooh, I, I don't know, soon. man. Like, this has worked for a long time without a lot of, you know, inter-character drama on the ship itself. Wasn't Like, like that's the, the thing. There's always been, like, a certain degree of built-in drama with just like the you know the the politics of different species being on the same spaceship like right but that's much like and it's it's funny to even think about it this way but similar to the original law and order <laughs> everything the comes whole back thing, to law and order <laughs> fuck yeah it does that one of the reasons the original law and order works so well is because you know you always had the personal lives of the characters on the show like you understood who those characters were, but that was never the focus. The show is always about the crime and solving the crime. Mm -hmm. Not always. There was a couple of weird seasons there where they dipped their toes into making it more uh, traditionally dramatic, and that did not work out well at all. And this just seems like drama for drama's sake, which yeah. never works out. No, we, we, don't, we don't need that. We don't need that in our Star Trek. <laughs> Well, apparently you two were very opinionated about this. I didn't give a shit. So <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap it up with that. Uh, Chris. Hey. How are you, sir? You, you got you got your spiel ready? I do got my spiel, but I wanna I wanna mention one other thing before Go for it. hand because it's time for us to really start talking about this business, right? Isn't Show it time business? that we start talking about this business? I feel like you're stalling. I just gotta find it. <laughs> I am. I am stalling because I'm, I'm trying to find the. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find the email that I sent. Okay. And because I can't remember the exact dates, and I don't remember which calendar program I put it in, but so we here are a podcast on geekade.com, and ev and every year, and I say every year because we've done it exactly once before. <laughs> But we're, we're making it into an annual business where we all team up and uh, we do what's called the Pain in the Assathon. And we've uh, teamed up with the Colon Cancer Alliance um, to promote this for charity or try to raise money. Uh, where a bunch of people from the Geekade family get together and uh, play Pain in the Ass video games to raise money for charity. And we're on our second year. We are about to uh, kick into that. That is happening August... 5th and 6th. 5th <laughs> and 6th, thank you. Uh, August 5th and fifth through 6th, we'll be playing 24 hours of bad-slash-extremely-difficult video games uh, in a telethon format to raise money for the Colon Cancer Alliance. Uh, we're still in the relatively early planning phases. I can't really say what games everyone's going to be playing besides the fact that I will be... Uh, definitely making a run at the other one of the other Zelda games on the Philips CDI, oh, Zelda man. the Wand of Gamelon, Son of a which bitch. is unfathomably awful. So yay! <laughs> uh, but it's it's a really important event to me. Uh, it's one of the things I'm most proud of our website for having done, and I'm really glad to be doing it again this year. What what did we, so wait, we'll wait. be plugging that pretty much every week until it happens. Yeah, that's true. What did we what were we able to raise last year? Do you remember? 
like twenty five hundred dollars, okay. something like that. Okay. We did. I mean, we we had a lot of fun and we did a lot of good. Yeah, so we, yeah. Why not keep going? We definitely raised a decent amount of money, more than I, uh, more than I expected. That's true. And uh, I was was very very pleased with that. And if you guys tune in, you may get to see the inside of my apartment. That's true. That's how. That is that true. How, it's that's how it works. Go ahead. <laughs> well, outside of the pain, outside of the pedathon, you can get in touch with us at malikgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon and Evan is at geekade underscore Evan if you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight be sure to check out our show notes and while you're at it you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher where if you're super nice you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated again always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new all the time back to you Evan Thank you, sir. And before I announce my my show that we're going to be watching for next week, I want to bring up the fact that on July 8th and 9th, Garden State Comic Fest is coming. That's right. Now, we as a website will be there. I will be there because I'm the general manager of the show, so I have to be there. Um, But we, Geekade is going to have a panel on Saturday. From four to five on the main stage, we're going to be doing it's it's a comic related panel, but I'm going to be in it. Chris is going to be in it. So like all it's going to be a good time. Um, So and for you people who are listening because it's TV related, Dean Kane and John Wesley Ship is, are going to be there. Otherwise known as Superman and the Flash. Are they going to arm wrestle? No. Or, otherwise known as Supergirl's dad and The Flash's dad. Or, (laughs) I can't think of another thing for Dean Cain, um, and And Dawson's Dawson's dad. (laughs) So yeah, it's a a lot of fun. I put a lot of effort into it. Um, We're going to have a good time, so please come on, check it out. Garden State Comic Fest, July 8th and 9th. Marstown, New Jersey at Menin Arena. And now for my show. As I know, as I said to you guys at the beginning of this episode, off mic, um, I had no idea. So, randomly picking a show that I sort of enjoy, uh, we're going to watch Superstore, episode two, or no, excuse me, season two, episode nine, Black Friday. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I just hit TV and then on the Googles and so, just started scrolling. I went, oh, I know that show. We can watch that one. <laughs> so either that or just do a, one of those. Ra- I think one of these times I'm going to find a randomizer for all of TV and let it, it pick what I want to watch. Oh, it's boy. It's going to be like season two, episode four of Designing Women. And <laughs> I am so okay with that. <laughs> Note that is not our show for next week. No, Superstore. <laughs> season two, episode nine, Black Friday. All right, that's all I got. 
Thank you so much for, for listening to us babble on about television. For all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. See you, Space Cowboy. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.